Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast. I am your host, Andre J. Benjamin, and I am delighted today to have Miss Elaine Clark. Uh, Elaine has been a pioneer and a real strong pillar in coaching, training. She's done apps. She's done animation for voice. She has helped people really find their voice, find the impact of their voice, using their voice, monetizing their voice, started schools. I don't want to give away all the goods because I want to hear the story and allow you as the viewer and the listener to really connect with what she has to share. She wrote two powerful books. Um, I just got my hold on the, I've been really digging into the second one. The first one that I came across was voiceovers for podcasting, how to develop a career and profit. And then the, I mean, she has them right there, but I like to show my version, you know, and then there's money where your mouth is a complete insider's guide to earning income and building a career in voiceovers. And I'm delighted to have her this morning to be able to share some of her journey and some of her process. And just then also just maybe give some keys to people to help them in their own exploration. So welcome, Miss Elaine Clark. How are Thank you? Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I want, I want to really um, delve into your story because I'm interested about your origin story. Can you tell us a little bit about your origin story and how you uh, got into the work that you have done and you're currently engaged in? Well, I, I say back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, that's when <laughs> I that's when I started. Uh, I was a theater major in college. I also got a degree in education. So um, I moved to San Francisco in the late 70s and I was doing theater and I was a newlywed. Uh, so, and I, you know, when you're in a play, you're gone for like four to six months. And he kept saying, well, I want to see you a little bit more. Um, so I, someone told me about voiceover. It was a very small business at the time and only people were, you know, teaching things out of their house. And it, so I found uh, a place uh, that would, that would help me. And so I fell in love with it. I thought, oh my goodness, you mean I don't have to go to rehearsals. I just have to read some copy and then you give me money. This is amazing. <laughs> but what I didn't realize was how difficult it is because the difficulty comes in. And when you're working on a play, it's an evolution and it's a shared experience with others. When you're doing voiceovers, you have to bring all that experience to it and be ready for, for opening night within a couple minutes. So it was uh, a matter of how do I do that thing that I didn't really know that I was doing when I'm performing on stage? How do I apply it to the microphone? So uh, fortunately, at that time, people were willing to work with you. And I think the first you know, six months or a year or maybe more, who knows, depending, depending on who you talk to, I was really good about two weeks after the job, but not on the job because there's so much about how to use the body, how much to, to bring those words to life because a picture is worth a thousand words. So now we're talking about voiceover and how to use the voice and how you have to use more of your body in order to project that out and trust a lot more when, uh, when you're just using a microphone. So anyway, I, uh, people would then say when I did something well, they go, that's great. And I didn't know what they were doing. I mean, what I did, and I didn't know how to replicate it. 
So part of it was just sort of paying attention to what people were saying and saying, what was that? Well, how are you doing this? And then after, um, after not that, that long a time, like a year or two, people kept saying, how did you break in? How did you do that? And my, my educational background, as well as my theater background and, and my love for voiceover came in. So I started, you know, just, you know, casually telling people how to, how to perform voiceover. Um, then I was, I walked into a, a casting director's office and I noticed that there was a, a third of the office that wasn't being used. So uh, I kept thinking, you know, I could rent that and start a school if, uh, this is in 1986. So uh, I could start a school uh, if, if for X amount of money, for X amount of money. And anyway, uh, so he then said, uh, would you like to rent the space for the same amount of money I had in my head? So knowing how to do business, I was cool. You know, I didn't say yes immediately. I just, oh, yes. you have to uh, I just, let me think hard. about that. And inside it was going, Hmm, this is, this seems to be right. So, uh, at that point I would then, uh, rent a theater and get, give lectures and rent recording studios and give classes. And then other people started finding me and saying, well, you direct this project. So, you know, when, uh, and I was also doing on camera work and learning how to do that. And, and it was kind of nice being in the Bay area because a lot of the technology was taking off and I was growing with it. So, uh, so anyway, so now, so in 1986, I, I started a school and I grew it, but I thought, you know, I need all those elements. You need voiceover, improv, acting on camera. It all goes together to create a career. So even if someone isn't going to go on camera, if you can watch yourself, you see what you're doing wrong. You can, or and the things that you're doing right and how to fix it. So I had the whole whole thing and it grew and grew. And so, uh, but we're also gonna, my we're production. Gonna jump, we're going to jump into that. I wanted to. I wanted to ask. Uh, I wanted to unpack some of what you uh, brought sure. forth. So, can you take us back to? So you you started us in the arc of where you were in college. Can you take us back to prior to college when you first even discovered? When, when Elaine started to discover her own voice and the importance of it, and when you started to realize, you know, maybe I have something to say. So maybe it was you're in class and, you know, maybe or maybe someone spoke to you about something that they saw with your voice. What, what was it that helped you even start to pivot in a way where, because you talked about education and theater, but even in picking that and selecting that, how did you start to realize that you had something to say? That's a great question. I... You know what? I just knew that I like to create stuff and invent things. So I would talk to my second grade teacher, and I, I thought I was Pippi Long Pippi Longstockings. First of all, nice, nice. that was my that was my hero, and I would create these little stories in my head, and then I would ask if I could perform them in class, and then she thought it was good, and then say, and then take me around to the other classes. Wow, um, and. Uh, also, uh, I was living grade? in Milwaukee. Yeah. This is second grade. This is in second grade. Wow. Yeah. Um, but even before that, in like kindergarten, first grade, I was living in Milwaukee and our neighbors uh, had an attic and they had all sorts of costumes inside that attic. So my sister and I would go up there and whenever the highlights magazine came in. And so we would, yes. uh, and I couldn't read that well at the time, but I could still you know, perform and had an imagination. So they would find the little stories in it and then tell us what the story was. And then we would act it out and then perform it to our parents. Now the parents always thought it was wonderful, 
who knows how good it was <laughs> really, but, but that was, that was it. And then the other thing is that I would just make weird noises and imitate as I was going on. And my parents, when they go, wait a minute. And my brother and sister were just like, wait a minute, you just did a, did an imitation of this. Or I, and people would make fun of me because I say, well, I opened the door, I opened the door and I walked in, you know, and I would just do stuff and I would do the sound effects with it. And people just thought it was weird. So we call it quirky now, but, uh, but that's where I just, I, I didn't realize that there was a career in it. I could watch a cartoon, but I didn't realize how the cartoon voices got there or how the voices got into a commercial or, or anything. It just was something that was very foreign to me because I was living in a small town in, in uh, Louisiana for most of my life. Uh, but other places. Um, uh, well, are you know, at this time, are you noticing? So take, okay, let's go back to highlights. So you're in the, you know, <laughs> highlight when highlights come out and you're looking at that and you're acting it out, you're actually hearing the sound effects that you want. And, and then you're saying them, right. You're, you're creating we'll them. do the sound effects and the characters and the characters. Okay. So, and then but with other people, they had, they had three or four of their kids and my sister and I, so like five or six of us that would do it. And then yeah. when you're watching cartoons, are you, also listening to the sound effects so that you can mimic them or you get what I'm saying? So were you naturally doing that of saying, oh, you know, if somebody falls, you, you know, you're, you fall as well, but you also do a sound effect with it. Was yeah. it, you were, were you, cause I'm, I'm seeing the process of how you were, because you, you know, a lot when you dig into your work, when, when, when a person digs into your work, you know, a lot about inflection, tone, rhythm, all this. So I'm wondering, even in this formative stage, were you even noticing and starting to mimic and listen to some of those different nuances of voice back then as you're watching cartoons? And you may not have been thinking that deeply, but I'm just saying, what were you picking up on as you're even watching cartoons or you're watching someone speak or you're watching a play? Well, I, I don't think I did anything really consciously. It just sort of happened because it was just fun. So I was listening to patterns. I was listening to how they developed, how, how comedy was, um, what made comedy funny? How could you do that? So that, uh, and I realized that most things are based on 180 degree differences. So if you go, if you go, I am never going to see you again. And then you, you know, forget something and have to come back in and go up. Oh, I, I will just be out now. You know, so everything is, was opposites. They'd set it up and then it have go the opposite direction. Then it set it up and go the opposite direction. So I would just do that. And then also when I was in high school, uh, my, uh, my father loved puns. So I picked up that and, and, and like, or dislike my kids are all punsters as well. So I would just, I had a book of puns and I would just draw puns on the, uh, on, on, in the English classroom, you know, in the room, you know, on the, on the chalkboard. Cause we had chalkboards then. Um, and so I would just draw and I was a terrible drawer, but I would just put, you know, a picture of two dogs and I'd go, it's a paradox, you know, because it's, it was an English class and that was the lesson. So <laughs> I, would just do, I would just do stuff like that. So I just realized I was just a little, little skewed, a little different. And, but I think when you're growing up, different doesn't feel right. You know, different oh, no. feels but, different. Yes. Different feels different. <laughs> and everyone sees, um, there's kind of just a, a outside expected trajectory that everyone is kind of guided towards of this is what the, you know, normal, that's why even when you uh, alluded to Pippi Longstocking and which is a great, you know, for any um, body watching the show that may not be familiar if you, 
if you dig into that, it's a whole world you'll start to unpack. And it, it's delightful because the power of, of, of children even deploying imagination is huge. And there's so much that they are missing out by being in front of screens, arguably. But um, I love the fact that you talked about that. So then how did you pick, end up picking theater? Because you started on your own, but then how did you pick, end up picking theater to go into? Uh, it was, you know, of course, you know, like you're in, uh, a junior in high school and trying to figure out what to do. And I thought, well, I could be a lawyer. Oh, it's too much school. I could be a doctor. No, I don't like blood. I could be a reporter. Hmm. But, you know, th at this time, people were reporting in, in Vietnam. I thought, well, that's, you know, it seems kind of dangerous. Uh, what do I want to be? Oh, I'll be an actor because I can do all of that, but I don't have to do all the schooling that's involved with it. <laughs> so I can just pretend. Yeah. So, uh, so I went into that pretend world and, uh, you know, I, but one of the things about it, I realized that I had uh, too much structure. You know, you have all the, uh, this is where a lot of the stuff about being an actor, you have to unpack the stuff that you were told was wrong. That actually is right. You know, like don't don't act up. Don't you know? Sit down and behave yourself. Don't make those funny noises. Don't do the, don't uh, don't do those funny voices. This you know, be serious. <laughs> all that all that stuff. And then you have this permission to do it. So it's kind of kind of a surprise. And so the more you get into it, you go oh, and people pay you for that. <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> but I didn't never know that it was like it was just an evolution of how it, how it happened. So can, can you point out some people that uh, through that process of you, before you even started getting to the place where you jumped into uh, business and saw the business side of it and, uh, you know, launching and you pioneered in several areas. Can you break down um, some peoples that could be in the form of teachers, coaches, mentors who were able to recognize some things and, and, and pull um. them out of you? Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to ceoofdestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.